This is the Daily Technology Pulse podcast. Welcome aboard. It's Daily Technology Pulse time once again. I'm your host, Rick from Daily, and today we're going to be talking about the hybrid workspace with our strategic partner, Polly. But before we begin, I have to let you know about Daily and all we do for the public sector in Maryland and Virginia. Our official company name is Daily Computers, Inc., and we've been providing client computing hardware and related services to state and local governments and educational institutions for more than 35 years. But Daily is so much more than computers. For instance, our audiovisual team is doing some amazing stuff these days, from large auditoriums to cozy conference rooms, from digital signage to first-class audio. Daily's AV specialists can design and implement a complete solution for your organization. You can learn more by visiting our website, www.daly.com. And did you know that I just love to hear from our listeners? In fact, I will say right now, anyone who contacts me is going to get themselves some daily swag just for taking the time. You don't even have to say anything nice, though that is preferred. All you have to do to get your hands on something cool is email me at rico at daily.com. I will say I appreciate any and all feedback. All right, that's enough begging for emails. It's time for us to talk with Brock Rafi from Polly. Brock is going to chat with us about having the right setup for hybrid and non-traditional workspaces. Brock, welcome to the Daily Technology Pulse podcast. Absolutely. I'm so excited to be here. I'm a longtime listener of podcasts, my first time actually participating in one, so I hope I can live up to all the ones I hear. We'll certainly do our best to try to keep that bar high. Brock, what is your role with Polly and how long have you been with the company? I work directly with our healthcare state and local and education clients in Maryland, D.C. and Pennsylvania. So I work with daily supporting your sellers to make sure that they're providing the right products and solutions to your clients in those sectors. And then I have peers that cover the enterprise, federal government, and the other uh, verticals that I don't. I've been in the video space since 99. So I've been in the video space a long time, but two years of poly. So a big veteran when it comes to video conferencing. Absolutely. You've been in the video space for well over 22 years. What do you think is the biggest innovation that you've seen over the past 20 years when it comes to video in the workspace? I think just the performance of video on the mobile device, on the desktop. I can remember preparing for demos showing video on a mobile device. I think probably as nearby as maybe 10 years ago when I was working from the big manufacturers, going in to demo to a client and making sure I had the right app on my phone and it was all connected. It had really, it was smoke and mirrors 10 years ago. Now anyone can take a Zoom call, a Teams call, you name it on your mobile device, your laptop, anywhere. It just works. I think it's the reliability is the thing that's the most astounding and affordability. You know, one of these rooms, literally you would spend 50 or 60,000 or maybe $150,000 to outfit a room with good quality video, you can do it for $3,000 today. Just a fraction of what it costs. Liability and value per dollar is the hugest thing. Obviously, today we want to talk 
about hybrid work. And this is really something that I think is going to have a lot of people's interest because the pandemic, yes, it changed the world in so many ways. When you're talking about the workplace, the pandemic really did a number on the workplace because it used to be everybody left their house and commuted wherever they were going to go. And they went into an office five days a week, four days a week, whatever it is they they were going to do. And now everybody has learned you could be just as productive, if not more productive from home. So we're really talking about these hybrid workspaces now where people are either in the office or home, or maybe they're not in the same office or just in a little office. So what has Polly seen as far as the hybrid work situation? What have you seen over the past couple of years? So I think I'll start with just an anecdote. Uh, Last week, I actually had a business meeting with a colleague of mine where we decided we were going to go out and do some team building and go mountain biking for a couple hours at a local state park. The state park Tuesday at nine o'clock in the morning was the busiest I've ever seen it. People there just out enjoying themselves, but a lot more working. Literally saw several people working from their cars, you know, with a laptop popped up on the dashboard, taking a meeting probably with a virtual background. So no one knew they were out getting their mental health break. But that's really what's happened. And within the last two years, video has exploded more in use than in the previous 20 years of my, you know, working in this business. So now video is a norm. Everyone includes video in a meeting. And they're taking meetings from everywhere. So really, the the demand for technology has exploded. But some of the side effects that weren't really necessarily thought of are how selections of these products are being made and who's required to to really take care of the products. And they may not have had the skill sets that the traditional audiovisual person did, you know, 10 or 15 years ago. So it's really changing the way not only products are selected, but who has to, you know, maintain them and provide support and stuff like that. But it's a fantastic time to be in this business, both from the integration side and the manufacturer side. And as an end user, look, you can work anywhere nowadays. No, that's absolutely true. And I'm going to be one of those people. I'm very guilty of taking meetings in my vehicle. I never actually thought to turn on the virtual background. I usually let people know I was in the vehicle, but that was just because when they heard the turn signal every now and then, I wanted to make sure they were well aware. So you bring up some excellent points. So let's sort of split these up. Let's first start with the administrators of all of this technology. Because again, when you were an administrator for video conferencing and audio conferencing, you know, we've all seen the polyphones sitting around the conference table. You know, it it was pretty cut and dried. Now you've got people scattered in all different types of situations. Some people have home offices in their bedrooms. Some of them have a separate room of the house. Some of them are in their basement. Some of them are right at the dining room table with everybody running around in the background. I mean, how challenging is it for these administrators these days to try to keep up with all the different types of work environments? Yeah, I think there's a couple ways to look at it. First off, I think everyone has accepted that people are largely adults and are productive at home, and you don't really need to babysit them. Largely is the case. However, I was talking to a client the other day who has a large number of large contact centers, and they have to monitor their employees. You know, sometimes the employees may make up a fib 
related to a technology problem. Oh, that headset wasn't working. My laptop wasn't working. Well, on the IT side, you've always had tools to be able to tell if a network's connect through remote desktop and all types of different tools. You've had tools to be able to tell if that employee is online. And that's really migrating into this collaboration space as well. So though I said many people accept the fact that people are grownups and they're going to be honest, there are tools that are available for administrators now to prove that USB headset, that Bluetooth headset, that video system is actually connected and being used for the period of time that it should be used. So administrators are having to learn new skill sets and look for toolkits to be able to, one, make sure their employees are actually doing what they're supposed to be doing, but then two, to be able to provide the support. And along those lines, sometimes these administrators need to outsource their help desk, whether it's going through the AV integrator to provide that first call or coming directly to a manufacturer. But that model's really changed. Uh, you know, you guys have changed your model of support and being able to take that first call for your clients wherever they are. And we as the manufacturer can do the same thing. So those are a couple of changes. Right. And then going back to that, a lot of this support, it all ends up being virtual because you're not going to have an administrator come to the house and help you set things up. You're not going to have a help desk person come to the house and troubleshoot things. So imagine that it requires a lot of cloud-based type of applications. Yeah, absolutely. And that's generally the way that most of the headsets, video systems, and phones and stuff would be managed. The end user will be connected their device over their Wi-Fi or their home network to a cloud service that remotely is doing the monitoring and providing that conduit for the remote agent to come in and do the support. So when we're talking about providing that end user support, I imagine this is particularly challenging because again, it's almost like you had to rewrite the playbook for how to provide support for these types of devices. Number one, I mean, the devices are constantly changing, but number two, it's no longer you're just plopping it in the middle of a conference table. You're putting it anywhere. You're putting it in somebody's house at their dining room table or in their bedroom or something like that. So I imagine it's been a little bit of a challenge on your end as well to make sure that you're keeping all of the different help desk people up to speed? So we definitely have seen an uptick in the skill set required at the end user side by the administrators who are trying to keep all the collaboration devices running. And we've addressed that a couple of different ways. One, arming our integration partners like Daily with the necessary training directly from Poly and from our distribution partners so that your help desk, the one that's taken tier one, can provide virtual support to your end users in whatever sector of business they're in. And then we, the manufacturer, also have a, a direct service offering as well, where the end users would call our agents direct all the way down to the remote worker calling from their home and, you know, Bethesda, Maryland, they would call Poly Direct and we would be able to provide that support virtually for them. So there's a couple different avenues to get that. It really focuses on the devices themselves because when you're looking at the traditional setup versus the setup they have now, it's really almost like retraining the administrators and retraining the people just what type of equipment do you really need? Because it's not just one size fits all anymore, right? Yeah, yeah. That's a great point you bring up. So traditionally, people, you know, let's rewind, let's say three years ago. If someone needed a headset, it was an outlying use case. And they often would just go and buy their own headset, whether it was a Bluetooth one or a USB one. Or a lot of times you would see people with the white Apple earbuds, the ones that everyone got for free when you bought an iPad or an iPhone. That's traditionally what it was. 
on the video side, you had these dedicated, very expensive video rooms that were generally only designed to talk video room to video room. And maybe you could get a desktop client to call into that, but it was unusual. In those video rooms, you had to make sure you tested the day before, the hour before the call, and five minutes before the call. And then 95% of the time, the call may not even still work. So that's three years ago. Fast forward to today and what's been happening for the past 24 months, the enterprise, for a number of different reasons, understands they have to supply the right technology to their employee for the right application. So one thing that we do, and some other manufacturers do as well, but we provide what's called persona research. So persona research is where we've gone and identified different use cases and working styles within an organization, whether it's a large university, a small state and local organization, or a Fortune 500 company, and identified some different work styles. And then with those work styles, have identified the right type of technology to address how that employee works. So what Poly does in conjunction with our partners is we'll help an organization do a survey of the type of employees they have to be able to identify the number of personas. And then with that data, then choose the right products for that persona of person. So what you enable is the ability to have a smaller number of products that you have to support. So you're not supporting 22 different types of headsets and seven types of video cameras. You have a smaller number, so it makes it easier to support your end users and makes it easier for the decision. So that's one thing to help identify the products. And we offer that to our administrators and our end users. Yeah, it's not only for the home office, but actual office itself. So there's a number of other challenges now that people are going back into the workplace and video is so prevalent. There's other challenges people have to overcome as well. I'm sure this proved really challenging in a manufacturing sense, because just like you said, you don't want to have 20 different products that do the same thing, but you have to have that smaller number of products that can be much more versatile these days than before it was specialized. This is a camera for a small room. This is a camera for a medium room. This is a camera for a big room. This is a headset for a noisy place. This is a headset for a quiet place. I imagine you really had to pivot when it comes to the manufacturing side, because you're products have to be that much more versatile and adaptable to different situations. Yeah, absolutely. And then we haven't brought up the the native experience that most clients are working with. When I say native experience, I mean, you're using Zoom, you're using Microsoft Teams, you're using WebEx, you're using GoToMeeting or RingCentral. So having a device that can work across all those platforms, because there's no one enterprise that is 100%. I'm a Microsoft Team shop. I never let my end users talk to anyone on any other collaboration platform. It doesn't exist. Maybe in some secure government environments that I'm not dealing with, but in the general enterprise I work with, that shop doesn't exist. So to your point, you have to have a device that can work across all those different platforms seamlessly. An end user doesn't say, oh, today I'm doing a Zoom call. I want to use my blue headset. Tomorrow I'm doing a Teams call. I need to use my red headset. That doesn't work. No, I imagine not. Because just like you said, within an organization, I know here at Daily, we have our preferred video conferencing platform, but we get invited to meetings from clients, meetings from customers. We get invited to meetings from strategic partners like Polly. We get invited to different meetings from different outside entities. And you're right. None of them use the same stuff. 
So how did Polly solve that so that a camera or a headset was versatile among all of these different platforms? On the headset side, it's a little simpler. I mean, most of the platforms adhere to some common standards. Now, there are some unique features that may be put on a Microsoft headset, such as like a, a Teams button. When you press the Teams logo, it'll pop the Microsoft Teams application up on your desktop and it'll automatically answer or hang up a call. But that same headset is still able to be used on a Zoom or a WebEx call. On the video side, actually what's happening is really a a movement to this native experience and the native experience put out there by Microsoft or Zoom or, or Cisco, those manufacturers are actually starting to work together a little bit better than they have in the past. So what I mean by that is a client might be running a Microsoft Teams room. Microsoft Teams is the application that's running in the room. It's going to be running on some type of a video device. In both cases, you can have an Android operating system or a Windows system, Microsoft Teams room device. This is a dedicated appliance for the room that will host the meetings. No need to have a dedicated PC or a dedicated laptop or have your users bring a laptop into the meeting. It's going to be done on an Android or a Windows appliance dedicated for that purpose. Microsoft works closely with Zoom and Cisco to allow that same device to join a WebEx call or join a Zoom call. And the user experience stays the same whether they're joining a Microsoft, a Zoom, or a Cisco call. So that's pretty much a common standard across Microsoft and across Zoom and across WebEx. What we probably have done is kind of taken one step farther and have the ability to then let someone do what's called a BYOD or bring their own device. So since the Microsoft, Zoom, and Cisco Alliance kind of keeps it in those three manufacturers' wheelhouse, if someone wanted to join a Ring Central call or do a Blackboard Collaborate session within the higher education space, you can't do it on that native device. So we at Poly have the ability to allow you to connect your laptop over USB or HDMI. So now I can run my laptop using that Blackboard Collaborator Ring Central client and still leverage the camera speakers and microphones that are built into that Microsoft Teams room experience. So that's one way. That makes a lot of sense. And particularly because, like we had said, every situation now is different. It's all unique because even in the shared workspaces, a lot of companies that were leasing office space realized with not everybody coming into the office every day, you don't need that same office space. So sometimes they're doing those rental spaces where you just go in and you rent a conference room for the day. Or I know of a couple of people where they will take turns hosting meetings at each other's houses. But again, it's a situation where you have a group of people in one area and a group of people in another area, and they need to be able to collaborate. They need to be able to see each other and talk to each other clearly. So it really seems like one of those deals where it's almost like you're trying to hit a moving target. And it kind of goes back to having the right tool for the right application. You need to make sure you have the right size device as far as a, a camera and speaker system and microphones for the right size room. Going back to the native experience with Microsoft and Zoom is they will keep the user experience or user interface, so to speak, the same, whether you're in a small, medium, or extra large room, which is nice. That allows you, the AV integrator, to customize the room, but still have the same user interface. So if day one, the client is in a shared workspace, small room with maybe four or six people, but day two, they're in a much larger auditorium, it's still the same exact user experience. So that's going to reduce your number of calls to the support desk. It's going to reduce wasted time trying to get the meeting started, makes it a lot easier if the end user 
can have the same user interface that they've experienced between across the rooms. And when you go to the native experience of Microsoft or Zoom, that's really what you're going to get. And we're really happy that Polly has that collaborative mindset, particularly when it comes to working with daily and working with our customers, because a lot of times customers, well, they don't know what they don't know. They don't know what exactly they need, what's the best way to integrate it. And like you had said before, it's really about that collaboration at the front end, not just once everything is in, but it's the collaboration before things even happen, just in the discussion and planning phase where you're really able to find out what they need and why they need it. And then we're able to go in with a much more tailored solution than just a one size fits all. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the nice things about working with you guys is being able to work directly with your end users. So now myself, I I work with public sector clients in obviously in, in the state you guys are in, but I have counterparts that work with the enterprise, work with federal government, work with healthcare and other types of clients. And we're there to be hand in hand with you and the reps from daily to meet with those clients to consult with them. We want to make sure, to your point, that they're getting the right product for the right application. Though one product can often satisfy multiple applications, we want to make sure we have the right product for the right application and then follow them through that journey. So follow them through the selection, the implementation, the training, the life cycle of that product. And times are going to change. There's going to be new developments that are going to change people's work styles, work habits, and technology is going to change as well and stay with them through that journey so that they're always have the latest and most effective and efficient product. And then I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the HP acquisition. How is that changing things on your end? HP really shown their commitment to hybrid work and what this means for the future. So HP has made the investment to merge with Poly, and we're going to be working hand in hand with the HP sellers and have a much wider portfolio to offer through you to the entire client. So HP is going to own everything from the desktop, the peripheral, you know, the the PC space, printer space into the collaboration rooms and, and personal devices. So I think it just shows how much hybrid work is here to stay. It's never going to be back to commuting two hours a day to get to the office and two hours a day to get home. You're going to walk from the kitchen to your office, to your bedroom, three days a week. And you go to the office two days a week. That's true. And I have had one of those nightmare commutes in my past. So uh, today, now seeing how you could work again, just as productively from home as you can from anywhere and be able to do it while talking to other people. Again, it's no longer sitting on the conference call where I still remember the YouTube video where they joke about, here's what every conference call is like. And so they're showing it in real space inside a conference room where someone enters the conference room and then disappears. And then someone re-enters the conference room. Now with video and audio and everybody's right there, you're able to see everything that's going on and really has raised the bar on collaboration without needing to be all in the same space, breathing the same air. Yep. Yep. I think efficiency, work efficiency is up so much because people can work, not have to spend time in the car. Brock, we really do appreciate everything that you've shared with us about hybrid work. You got any final thoughts before we wrap this episode up? No, I'd just love to speak to you. If you have any questions, reach out to your rep at Daily and he or she will get in touch with myself or my peer. If, if you're a client that doesn't have the account that it maps to me, we'll make sure you talk to the right poly person. And if anybody wants to try a headset or try any gear, we can certainly get you a couple samples to try them out. Brock, 
again, we appreciate you coming on the Technology Pulse. Thank you so much for all the information you shared, and we look forward to talking with you again. Thank you very much for having me. I'm glad to be a guest again. Thanks again for joining us, Brock. It's been an absolute pleasure. We enjoyed all the information you shared with us. All right, it's time to wrap things up. And I know probably a lot of people have already hit the stop button, but I'm going to say this stuff anyway. Time for the legal stuff. The Technology Pulse podcast is produced and presented by Daily Computers. Information presented in our podcast cannot be copied or rebroadcast without Daily's expressed written consent. If you have questions, comments, concerns, and or feedback about the Technology Pulse, you can email us at solutions at daily.com or you can email me directly at rico at daily.com. Wrapping things up until next time, this is Rick from Daily. Have a great day.